All right, you kick us off. Onion. Beef. Yummy. Pork. Spatula. Chewing sounds. And we're recording. <laughs> we can't, we can't oh, yeah. This. Got all your swigs of water? Got everything out of your system? I don't have them all, that's for sure, but I've got the cap off, so we won't have to suffer the sound of me opening it. And that's what matters. That is all that matters. Cool. Well, Lisa Turtle seems to be sleeping, so hopefully she's not going to meow her head off during this episode. So we're good. Okay. okay. So welcome to Chewing Sound. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's 5.50 on a Monday. I just woke up from an hour and a half nap. I'm... It's dark outside. <laughs> Welcome to Chewing Sounds. Welcome. I'm Karen Green. I'm Tony Green. I'm her brother. This is a podcast. We cook food. We talk about it. Yeah. yeah. We even cooked food together this time. That's different. We in person. In person together at our parents' house, at our mom's house in Las Vegas. At our mom's Nevada. house. Yeah. It is December. Four. <laughs> it doesn't actually matter the exact date. Sorry, I was just I was gonna say it's December blank, but that doesn't matter because that's not when it's coming out. Yeah, that's true. We're recording on December fourth, and we're giving the people what they want, which is more Thanksgiving content it's after the Thanksgiving. Only thing on everyone's mind. Surely everyone hasn't switched over to Christmas yet. <laughs> no, they're still holding on to their Thanksgiving songs and their decorations. They can't let it go. <laughs> exactly. So we're having one last hurrah. Yay. For Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, we didn't even... Or in our case, Porksgiving. Porksgiving. Sorry, I was going to say, we didn't even come up with a title. We didn't discuss a title for this at all. We're just calling it... That's because I had Porksgiving locked and loaded and we were ready. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I guess I'm on board then with Porksgiving. It's not revolutionary, but it'll work. It will. We've done Steaksgiving and now we're bringing you Porksgiving. Yeah. Yep. And by that, I mean, we haven't done a Thanksgiving podcast. We just, in our own personal non-podcast holiday time, we've had Thanksgiving. Ooh, Karen. <laughs> what? You're getting dangerously close to a point we might actually have to edit the podcast after recording it. Oh, no. Did I <laughs> How do... much longer should I have let you ramble before we might need to actually edit something out of this podcast? I think we're okay. Uh, am I we're rambling? right on the edge. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I... no, no. Hey, how about I bring you some food news? I got some real good food hey, news for you. Hey, some food news. All right. I think you're going to like this one. I'm pretty excited for it. Um, That's awesome. I would love for this news to slap me in the face like a cold bucket of water because <laughs> I need to wake up. How about it slap you in the face like a raw piece of shrimp? Oh, that would do it too. <laughs> Just one? All right. Let's find out. Oh, Tony, it's all you can eat. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this uh, this has been making the rounds, so I don't know if you maybe you've seen something about this. Um does anything come to mind when I say red lobster, all you can eat shrimp? Um, I want to say that I know this is a thing they do, but I don't know if I'm making that up or not. Ah, Maybe they don't do it. They Bottomless shrimp. They, that sounds like a they thing. They do it. I think it's called the endless, the ultimate endless shrimp. Shrimp. Wow, that's hard to say. <laughs> the ultimate endless shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah. Um, I guess this is something that's been going on for a while, but it's always been uh, in a limited time capacity. It was kind of unclear. Uh, one article I read said that it was like once a week thing, and then I think one thing said that it was annual. But in any case... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've offered... In any case, they can't just have 
bottomless shrimp year round or UNICEF would have to come in and be like, we can't do this anymore, you guys. Wow, Tony, um, you might be smarter than the governing board <gasps> of Red Lobster. Is that what's happening? <laughs> that is exactly what they did. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, in June of this year, they opened up their ultimate endless shrimp for $20. And that includes the cheddar biscuits. Yeah. Whoa. Apparently you could get two shrimp meals, as many as you wanted, uh, over and over, plus the cheddar biscuits for just $20. So wait. Oh my gosh. Let me wrap my head around this. I know. Two shrimp meals, but as many of those two shrimp meals as you want. Yes. Like you and could order like 20 bucks. five of the shrimp meal. Yeah. For as long as you can sit at a Red Lobster and take up that table, plus the cheddar biscuits, and it's $20. Yeah. Wow. It's unlimited. Like, any day you walk into Red Lobster, you could get that deal. Um, Do you want to know how that went for Red Lobster? I do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the company post – this all came out because they had their, like, third quarter 2023, like, uh, revenue earning whatever, like, boring business meeting – and they yeah. lost about $11 million. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And they, wow. they did contribute it mostly to the ultimate endless shrimp meal. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. It's hard not to imagine that their CEO is like a man in a lobster bib, like eating endless shrimp. And they have to like interrupt him to tell him this news. <laughs> And he spits shrimp all over the boardroom table. And you're like, what? This, what do you mean? I know. I, that is kind of what I was imagining too. But this might surprise you that I think perhaps the people running Red Lobster are not really in touch with the common man. And I'm saying that based on the fact that um, a lot of the things, a lot of the quotes from them was just like, oh, we didn't realize how t- cheap $20 was. And then also the company's CFO, whose name is... Ludovic Regis Henri Garnier. Uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Someone... Never mind. That man's never worn a lobster bib in his life. He doesn't even know what one is. <laughs> no, I don't think he. I don't think he wears lobster bibs. I'm saying. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, his last name is spelled, I guess, Garnier, like the hair hair care company. Like Fructis. <laughs> like Fructis Garnier. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Apparently, that's uh, one of the guys behind this decision. I don't know that they really knew what was happening down on the ground here. Uh, in America. Also, did you know that Red Lobster is owned by a Thai restaurant company? Thailand-based. Oh! I know. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Isn't Red Lobster part of, like, uh, a conglomerate of other restaurants that's probably owned by the same person, too? Yeah, and I believe they're based in Thailand. It's called the Thai... Well, I really should have highlighted some stuff. It's called the Thai Union Group, based in Thailand, and they are the owners of Red Lobster, and I'm assuming a lot of other American restaurant joints. Um, but yeah, basically they tried this because they wanted to get more people in the door, which they did, but they only raised restaurant attendance by about 4%, uh, and they lost $11 million because people were coming in, they were ordering the endless shrimp, sure. they were not spending mm-hmm. any more money on fancy drinks or sides or anything like that. They were just like, give me my shrimp and my biscuits, here's $20, I'm assuming, little to no tip, um, and that's why it didn't work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, and I I don't know if this is the first thing that came to your mind. Well, is there any, like, 
Is there anything that could have predated this debacle that could have been a warning that you can think of? Hmm. Something that pre-gated, pre-gated Shrimpgate. Pre-gated, yep. <laughs> that could have warned us about it. Yeah, any, any me, reference Karen. that's coming to mind? All right, I'm gonna. I'm a little surprised you didn't immediately think of the Simpsons episode from 1992 where Homer goes to an all-you-can-eat fish buffet. Okay, I mean that honestly <laughs> is just like that backgrounds my thoughts so much that it doesn't even specifically come up for this one. I think that's it's like I'm always thinking about. I think that. that's actually what you were envisioning when you said the CEO with the lobster bib. You were thinking Homer. Yeah, Simpson. you're right. It was it was Homer Simpson at <laughs> the Frying Dutchman. Just stuffing his face full of food. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. And then him and Lionel Hutz sue because it wasn't really all you can eat, right? Because they cut him off? Is that what happens? I'm pretty sure that's what happens because they literally like drag him from the restaurant and then it's like, that wasn't all you could eat. Yeah, and it's a big kerfuffle. (laughs) If any of these people at Red Lobster's board had just been Simpsons fans, they would have seen this coming. In a... In a time of like people losing their damn minds over inflation constantly, which is warranted because it sucks. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm, they they're like unintentional Robin Hoods kind of for shrimp. <laughs> they you were, know? yeah, they were basically just like giving away free shrimp. Just giving us <laughs> shrimp, yeah, yeah, until they stopped. So anyway, um, surprisingly though. The deal is still going on, but it's now $25 for Endless Shrimp instead of 20 which I kind of feel like it's just going to be the same issue. <laughs> Certainly they've done their homework this time, right? They must know that a $5 increase covers everything and then some. They must. <laughs> I I don't know. We'll have to check with well, Ludovic Well, keep your, keep your ear to the ground. <laughs> yeah. If they yeah. screw up again, I'd, I want to hear about it on this podcast. I want to break the news. I really, yeah, I really want to like check back on this story in a few months and see that they lost like twenty million dollars on yeah. <laughs> all you can eat shrimp. <laughs> they doubled down. They're like, we have to be able to make this model work. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, that was the fun food news. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. So glad we. Could Shall we pivot from sea to sty and talk about porksgiving? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, how are we going to do this? Because we had a whole crew of folks making all kinds of dishes this time. Yeah, I mean, this one was a bit of a free-for-all. It wasn't just us. Um, our dear, dear mother decided that she wanted to make a pork roast as the centerpiece main dish. Mm-hmm. And Karen and I hopped in and offered to do some of the side dishes and desserts. And, you know, it Mostly was a classic. Uh, yeah, it was a classic Thanksgiving three-hander. We all helped. And Karen, you talk. (laughs) Okay, we talk now. Yeah, basically I let Ma Green and Brother Tony uh, do most of the heavy lifting. And I just did some Brussels sprouts, but I also did some pretty tasty apple pie from scratch. So that was my contribution. You want me to just... Man, it really... It really felt like Great British Bake Off in there because I made two kinds of creme brulee. Granted, one of them was the vanilla bean that I've made on this podcast. In fact, last year, holy crap, for our Thanksgiving poultry party episode. Yeah, I think that was probably my favorite part of just 
of this meal and being able to cook together because normally I just have to listen to you like describe the fantastic like delicious mouthwatering things that you make but this time I actually got to taste it and it was yeah it was pretty great it was as described well, the coffee caramel creme brulee that I made in addition to the vanilla bean certainly was as described. The vanilla bean this time, even though I baked them all together, got just slightly overdone, was not quite as creamy. But that coffee caramel creme brulee mm. was incredible. It was perfection. It was so, so good. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm actually, I apologize for not giving you a handshake at the time of Thanksgiving. I'm giving you a handshake oh my right gosh. now. <laughs> Paul Hollywood style. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Wow. I'm never washing this hand. Yeah. I guess the, because yeah, you baked, you did the vanilla flavor and the espresso caramel in a ban marie and baked them both at the same time. Uh, So the vanilla ones got slightly more done. So it didn't have that like super smooth melt in your mouth creaminess, but the flavor was still perfection. Flavor was still good, but yeah, you really, really want that silky smoothness. But Mm -hmm. the New York Times recipe, as I probably mentioned in the episode where I made it, has like a terrible recommendation for the bake time and everyone in the comments goes off on it and tries to like amend it but it literally jumps from like 30 to 40 minutes is the recommendation up to closer to like an hour so whoa the bake time is way way off so i kind of just had to guess between the two and i just kept poking it with my little thermometer trying to get into around 170 which i read was the internal temp you want to shoot for and that did work almost but anyway what let's we're we shouldn't jump to dessert let's do <laughs> food food we got too excited for the creme brulee <laughs> yeah we got too excited but that's because it was the dessert was kind of the best part of thanksgiving it's true as maybe it always is yeah but i also made mashed taters and jalapeno gravy yeah which were both just okay the mashed potatoes i pretty much just winged it i kind of looked at the recipe but not really but the jalapeno gravy I got excited about because it is a New York Times recipe called pork roast with roasted jalapeno gravy. And I figured mm-hmm. since Ma was making pork roast, this would obviously work super well with it. Um, yeah, even though I was present in the home at the time of this, I, I don't know really what you're, what you did for the potatoes and gravy. So do tell. I don't know that there's that much to tell with the potatoes, really. I mean... I had a bunch of Yukon gold, skinned them and boiled them and sauteed some garlic and butter, mixed that in, mm-hmm. put a bunch of Parmesan cheese in. Couldn't quite get to the point where the Parmesan cheese was enough that I really tasted it because we made a ton of potatoes. Yeah, it was a lot. It was like 12 servings of potatoes. That was the most but it was fine. leftovers we had, I think, was the mashed potatoes. Yeah, so many mashed potatoes. Not because they weren't delicious. It is really hard. I don't know what the key to making mashed potatoes like creamy is because you add a ton of cheese and butter and milk and all that. Yeah, the recipe that I was kind of going off of recommended a halfway split between Yukon Gold and Russets, but like we already had Yukon Gold. I wasn't really going to go out of my way to get more potatoes. And so I didn't really like give it. Is your phone ringing? No, my phone's my phone's ringing. I'm so sorry. David Anthony Green, what is happening? Angela's number. Hmm. No, t- I'm not going to podcasting. <laughs> I know, but I just wanted. To, I just just considering whether I wanted answered or not. Yeah, and of course, I decided not to. That just reminded me. Total side note, but somewhat food related. I got a text message from like an unknown number the other day that just said, "Have you thought about what you're eating for lunch today?" 
or something like that. I can't remember if it said you Whoa. or we, but it was a real good. Have you thought about what we're eating for lunch today? Either uh, one of those is scary and threatening. I don't like either of them. Yeah, but it was also like, you know, mid-morning and it did for a split second made me think like, did I make lunch plans with somebody? Which is exactly what they want you to think. Of course, I had yeah, not and I, think I did not respond and I deleted it, but had it was a tricky trickster. Had me going for a minute. Damn, no other, no other information. No other information. And also like, yes, I, I always think about what I'm having for lunch. As soon as I wake up, I'm thinking about all yeah, my meals for, for the sure. day. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway. Okay, so anyway, the potatoes, I wanted to really go all in on a potato, mashed potato recipe that would blow people away. But I just frankly didn't. So there's just not as much to say there. Yeah. I still am, you know. Yeah, I like an, I just like a very light, creamy, delicious mashed potato. That's the <laughs> dumbest way to describe them. That's what everybody likes. But when my, when our mother asked me, why do I keep saying mother? I don't know. When our mom asked <laughs> what kind of mashed potatoes I like. You're making it sound like she's an evil believe... villain. We like our mom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's a nice lady. We love mother. <laughs> she's wonderful. <laughs> um, when I was trying to think of like, God, what mashed potatoes do I really like? All I could think of was KFC, mm-hmm. which has that like, that really savory umami flavor in their mashed potatoes. That's probably just some laboratory chemical sort of thing or like msg or something yeah it's a few drops that, like, from you can't really put your finger on chemical <laughs> yeah yeah and without access to that beaker <laughs> solution i don't know that i'll ever have mashed potatoes that i truly love but uh, i'm gonna keep trying yeah the jalapeno gravy oh no sorry go ahead you were talking i was just gonna say yeah i think you took for granted that you were just like a mashed potato wizard and could just like do it of your own volition without too much research, which is fine. Usually you like over-research Whoa. everything, so. <laughs> I guess Next that's time. true, yeah. I mean, I I did, I was just thinking like, well, the mashed potato floor is like fairly high, right? When you just like throw them together and you don't really know what you're doing, they're still mashed potatoes. Oh, for sure, yeah. And you can I, really I can't imagine mid-process. Yeah, I can't imagine like so thoroughly screwing up mashed potatoes that they were like gross or inedible. So, yeah, (laughs) that they just became one solid block and you're like, oh, shit, what did I do? (laughs) I got to start over. I screwed this one up. This one crystallized. They become gelatinous. Like you have to like slice off a piece of mashed potatoes, (laughs) like cranberry sauce from a can. (laughs) Or they become liquid. Like they're so loose. You can't re-thicken them. You have to serve them in a mug next to your main plate. Yeah. Uh, None of that happened. So, you know, they were a success. But yeah, what about this? Yeah, gravy? whatever. They were mashed potatoes. The gravy, <laughs> um, I mean, it's real simple, man. You make a freaking roux with butter and a little bit of flour. And then it's just half and half and chicken or pork stock mm-hmm. and jalapenos that you roast in the oven for a little bit. And then, you know, de-stem and seed, which is a good idea. So there's Depending no on the spiciness you want. in this roux recipe. I don't really make roux a lot, but I want to understand them better. So... I had never made a roux. <laughs> I just assumed so... you knew what you were. T- you knew what, how to roux. No, no, okay. I totally. I winged it. I winged the roux. The roux turned out. I don't know. I think good. It was brown. It smelled incredible. It was really nutty. But yeah. I do think that that is the main issue with this. Is that it just starts with a butter and flour roux and there's not like like you said that deep fondy kind of um 
note at the bottom of savoriness that you get when you're doing a pan sauce with like drippings. I did try to get a little bit of like the pork drippings and mix it in there. But yeah, when you don't start with it and, and build the base of the flavor from there, it doesn't really work all that well. And it was okay. Like the jalapenos gave it a great flavor, but it just wasn't, there wasn't enough there. There wasn't enough intensity of the flavor. And yeah. at first I thought it was really, really spicy. I scared the shit out of our mom and dad. They I literally saw like both of their faces go white when you like tasted the gravy. We were all like sitting down to like put things on our plate and everything. And you tasted the gravy and you're just like, oh, it's spicy. And I could just tell mom and dad were like not going to try it. <laughs> they were yeah, out. That was the worst thing you could say to our parents is that it was spicy. <laughs> and I knew that. So I had to be very honest because at first, God, it tasted really spicy. But for so I don't know if it like spread itself throughout the fat mixture of the half of the half and a half in the gravy or what but by the <laughs> yeah, time we I were eating it, it there was a little bit of heat but it was nothing intense or even last no, it was that it was thing not bad you, at all yeah it didn't even last past you know that bite so yeah yeah it was really good and it, i guess that's i'm also not used to having like really rich fat heavy gravies like that so maybe that's just a thing you know when you make gravies it's like oh yeah the spice when it's mixed with fat like that is not that bad or it doesn't linger so yeah i was spooning it by the tablespoon over my mashed potatoes and meat and it was good but it needed more flavor yeah a little bit i know i think i suggested a bit more salt but yeah i think it was missing that like umami flavor that you were really craving but again yeah yeah i, I just like basically poured a bucket over my whole plate and it was great yeah all over the pork and the potatoes. Um, should I talk about my Brussels sprouts, I guess? Yeah, hit us with those Brussels sprouts. They weren't super exciting, except that uh, I used the air fryer Brussels sprouts with garlic, balsamic, and soy recipe from New York Times, mostly because I knew that the oven was going to be occupied most of the day. I didn't even want to mess with like coordinating oven times and heats with the rest of y'all's dishes. So I was just like, air fryer, perfect. Um so yeah, you kind of just, mom has one of those like toaster oven air fryers, which I guess is different from the like basket air fryer, but I don't know. It still worked. So you just kind of chop up your Brussels sprouts and drizzle them with oil, salt, pepper, put them in the air fryer for I don't know how long. And then I added some like sliced up garlic pieces. You add those like towards the end of the frying um, and those are supposed to get a little bit crispy, which I guess they did. But then you also like cook down some balsamic with, I think I had lime juice and, well, no, first you're supposed to like cook down the balsamic vinegar, which I've tried to do, but I'm really not good when a recipe says to like reduce it by half, but it will also say like reduce it by half. It should take about three minutes. And then like eight minutes later, I'm standing there and I'm like, oh no, I should probably like turn this off now, even though the volume of liquid looks exactly the same. And that was a mistake. Dude, that's one of the great <laughs> mysteries of like any recipe I've ever made when it asks you to reduce something by a certain volume. It always feels like there's no possible way that I can gauge it or judge it. Yeah. A aside from like literally drawing a line on the side of the uh, the pan, which maybe is what I need to do in the future. Because I always... I, I think pans should have that. They should have a little cartoon feller with like his <laughs> hand up at the height, you know, and like little increments that you can look for. Because yes. truly I have like, I have no idea how much is in there when, it, when I start and I'm supposed to reduce by half or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember. And I'm watching the Brussels sprouts in the air fryer and I'm adding garlic and I don't have time to just sit and stare at this like amount of liquid. 
But anyway, I I simmered it for a while. It was still like the same amount of liquid. And then I added the other stuff like the soy sauce and lime juice. And it was just, it was way too runny. It wasn't going to stick on the Brussels sprouts. So then I just went rogue and I boiled it again for a while. And then it did reduce a bit. And I think it tasted fine. And the Brussels sprouts were crispy-ish. And it was fine. So. Yep. Yep. Just like my mashed potatoes and gravy, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> totally fine and acceptable. Um, I do think that maybe the Brussels sprouts got a little softer on the inside in the air fryer, which I like. They got nice and crispy on the outside, and they weren't too hard on the inside. And sometimes that's hard to achieve with an oven. So yay, air fryer. Yeah. Okay. True. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> we both, at varying points, snorfed up a big breath of um, <laughs> boiling balsamic vinegar air that almost <laughs> killed us, that almost threw us through a wall. I don't know why I couldn't stop doing it. Even, like, I did it at least two or three times. And it, even just putting your face anywhere near the vicinity of the pan, you'd get that really acrid, intense vinegar straight up your nose and into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact that you could feel that, and despite the fact that I don't think I have any idea what feedback I was trying to get when I shoved my face in it and smelled it. Like, I don't know what I was trying to, what info I was trying to glean. The, I still did it and it hurt. Yeah, it did. The only thing I could surmise is that, okay, because when we were making caramel for your espresso caramel um, creme brulee, we were very carefully watching the caramel caramelize and you have to like smell it as well as like watch the color. So maybe we were just still in that we zone. We were in caramel mode. We were in caramel mode. Yeah, we were like, maybe this will it. work for vinegar, and it does not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. we should stick to baking, clearly. Yeah. We really did good on that caramel, though. That Dude, we like... did really well on that. Yeah. And if anyone, to go back to Great British Bake Off, if anyone's ever watched it, probably almost any episode, you find people failing to make caramel, like, Oh, caramel, several guess, times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the bane of a lot of baker's existences so i was really nervous about that and this is but... the first time you'd ever made caramel right yeah yeah first time karen's tried it a few times so she had some insight she really guided me through it she kept me calm <laughs> when i wanted to stir and move around she told me not to she told me to just let it go and watch it okay. she was really kind of my handler i was like a toddler wanting to grab something <laughs> to stir it with and panic but <laughs> Oh, thanks. She kept me strong. I'm glad I could talk you down. It came out that great. Lunch. Yeah, I'm a caramel guide. Caramel. Yeah, it was yeah. like absolutely flawless. Yeah, it was great. I think we got the right color. I will say you couldn't really taste it with the espresso flavor in the creme brulee. Did you taste any caramel in there? It, well, I just, I mean, obviously it's it was sweet, so there was you know, mm -hmm. I think it was hard to like delineate the exact amount of like flavor that the caramel lent mm -hmm. to the creme brulee, you know? Cause like, okay, the coffee was overwhelming, not overwhelming, but like the coffee was what you tasted. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to say how much flavor the caramel was imparting, yeah. but it tasted so damn good. I just assumed it did its job. Yeah. I do think if we were on the Great British Bake Off, that would have been the judge's uh, critique is like, this has caramel in the name and I don't specifically taste caramel, but like it was flawless. If we just take caramel out of the name, yeah. It was great. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, Prue would kind of like pause for a second and be like, 
but it tastes wondrous. Yeah. Or something like that. And you'd be like, yes, got it. Yeah. Paul Hollywood would say something like cutting and awful. It would be like, whatever, that's yeah. Paul Hollywood for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else was there? Should I talk about my apple pie? Yeah, do it. Yay. Um, I actually really enjoy making pie, but I hadn't done it for several years and I was a little bit nervous about my pie making skills. Um, but I returned to one of my very favorite, I guess the only pie crust recipe that I'll use from now on for the rest of my life. Uh, it's the perfectly flaky yogurt pie crust, a perfectly flaky yogurt butter pie dough from food and wine. Um, and it is as described, like it's just um, flour, butter, and some whole plain yogurt, not Greek style, but just whole plain yogurt and salt and water. And I guess the trick to this is that you like, you keep everything cold all the time. Like you put your flour in your ceramic bowl and then you put it in the fridge, you cut up your butter, you put that in the fridge, you very thinly slice some other butter and you put that in the freezer. And so that is really the key. And then with the yogurt, I guess that's just like the added fat content, but in more of a liquidy form. So you mix that in towards the end, you mash everything up, you keep it nice and cold, um, let it sit, you know, put it into um, plastic wrap and let it sit in the fridge for a bit. And yeah, it turned out great. I par-baked it um, for like 15-ish minutes or so with some beans, beans on the top. Um, yeah, and then for the the innards of the apple pie. This was the part where I'm like, I don't really know. I've made apple pie before, but I don't remember what I made or which one I liked. So I just went for the double apple pie um, from New York Times. And I think it's called double because it had apples and all of the apple pie flavoring um, spices, but then it also had apple butter in addition to all yeah, of that. Yeah, two kinds, two kinds of apple. Yeah. Which... I don't think I asked this when it occurred when you purchased it. What is apple butter? I don't know, to be honest. I Okay. It's So you couldn't even tell me the ingredients in apple butter. You just used it. I just used it. I just looked for a jar at the store that said apple butter. And I know that it's like thicker than applesauce and browner. And I don't know if it like already has spices in it. I think maybe it does. <laughs> I have no idea. And then also the kind of the wild card in this was um, quick cooking tapioca, which I had never used before. And I was really nervous because one of the comments, because I was like, what even is quick cooking tapioca? I have no idea. One of the comments on the recipe was like, get the minute brand quick cooking tapioca. But when you open the box, it's like a little, it's like tapioca beads. And I was afraid I was going to have like little tapioca balls in the pie. But no, they, they cook down and dissolve and it just like, firms up the inside and so it's fine don't be afraid to use tapioca everyone uh yeah. tony is now searching for something on Stop his computer sorry he's not listening to <laughs> yeah, me anymore I'm... he has zoned out no, of his podcast I... recording <laughs> i heard you talking about how the tapioca you thought it was gonna be so scary little balls but they weren't scary at all and actually they were really fun and everybody had a lot of fun with it and you shouldn't be afraid to use it you freaking <laughs> weak cowards that okay you fine said, right? you were listening i was looking up apple butter though um yeah, that's fair google helped me by filling in or shared with me that people have asked what is the point of apple butter i agree 
I didn't actually find an answer to what it is, so never mind. Maybe we should ask mom because we did. I did leave in a whole big old jar of apple butter at her house. I don't know what you she would oh, use yeah. it for. Yeah, what it she tastes tells like. exactly what's in it. Yeah, she'll let us know. Anyway, the pie turned out good. The crust was great. Um, I had a ton of leftover apple filling. I really should have like piled the pie like way fuller of apples because uh, it does tend to shrink down when you bake it. But and I. I think when I had my first bite of the pie with no ice cream involved, it tasted just a little bit bitter. Like there was not enough sugar and a little too much like spices or cinnamon or something, which is weird. Like, I don't think I've ever said that about a pie. Like usually I think everything's too sweet. So that was kind of a weird one. But when you put uh, vanilla ice cream on top, it all worked out and tasted great. So, mm. yeah, I couldn't help that much because I being a non wheat eating person for the most part almost never have apple pie Mm -hmm. so i was just excited to be eating it and i had i only had it with the ice cream so i couldn't really judge but i thought it was pretty good yeah well thank you there's turts there she is i don't know maybe her triumphant appearance i certainly heard it yeah i think on the our last episode she was meowing in the background and then she started like scratching on her little cardboard scratcher that i had and the whole time i was like Ah, that's not going to register on the microphone. And boy, howdy, it sure did. <laughs> wow. So sorry, everyone. What a wake-up call to how microphones work for you. <laughs> well, sometimes you don't get the, like, outside noise, you know? Yeah, I guess so. The far I away I mean, noise. to be fair, I don't think that I noticed it, or else I probably would have brought it up. <laughs> but that one was crystal clear. She kind of just, like, moped behind you in the camera and went, meow. <laughs> I know. It's probably because it's way past her dinner time and I haven't fed her. And also she's trying to get into my lap and I won't turn around for her. <laughs> and she's big. The bad. exact vibe I got from her was like stilted, was like offended, needy husband who was like, <laughs> Meh, I'm hungry. I don't have my dinner yet. What are you doing? No. I hate your podcast. Stop it. I'm hungry now. You're terrible. This is abuse. Yeah. <laughs> What about my needs? Meow. <laughs> yep, correct vibe. Um, well, was there anything else worth discussing at Porksgiving? I think that was pretty much it. Oh, um, I found out what a gravy boat is, and I was very shocked and unbelieving. Um, I did take a good picture of it. So, yeah, our mom has, like, all of this. It was, like, our our mom's our great grandma's good china right the good china the good china yeah Yeah. it's like nice um china with a little gold ring around it and you had made such lovely gravy that i was like well surely there must be like a gravy boat around here somewhere but i was thinking like i guess like a creamer you know something that looks like aladdin's lamp and it's got a little handle on one side and you just pick it up and pour the gravy out Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I can just now picture what you were thinking of. For some reason at the time, I couldn't really picture what you were describing. Nobody knew what so I was I talking about. So I didn't understand your shock. Yeah. And no, I was no. Like, we had no idea what you were trying to get at. I thought that's what a gravy boat was. But then mom pulled out this thing that was like a little boat shaped thing with spouts on either side. And it was fully attached to the plate underneath. So it would be weird to like pick it up and pour it with the plate attached to it. So anyway, I don't know. I found out what a gravy boat is, at least what what a gravy boat was in like the 30s or whenever that china was i mean you found out what one gravy boat is to be fair let's not 
assume it represents all of them. I have no idea. I don't, yeah. I'm sure that they have the little lamp-like gravy boat you're picturing in your dreams. But now I think that's a creamer, and I've been incorrect this entire time. Because maybe you don't pour wow. gravy out of a little Aladdin's lamp onto your food. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell did you do at four years in finishing school? Like, did you learn anything? I have... Like, never seen you tap dance. I know. I can't even walk with a book on my head anymore. I don't know which fork yeah. to use. I don't know what a gravy boat is. <laughs> I don't know is. why tap dancing was my example. <laughs> That's, like, so not something you learn in finishing It's the school, most but... ladylike dance, I suppose, because you don't move I think your hips is, yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's asexual. <laughs> Completely asexual. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm coughing. You talk now. Oh, oh God. Um, how is your doing? Wait, no, no, you can't talk. Oh God. Okay, okay. stop. Stop. Uh, pork skidding. <laughs> hey, quiz corner time. Yeah, quiz corner, let's do it. Yeah. Uh do we wanna do we do ratings anymore? We used to do ratings. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Alright, two thumbs up. Everything was great. Yeah, everything A plus was great. Thanksgiving, um, nine out of ten, four out of five stars. I mean, let's do highlights real quick. Mm -hmm. Apple pie and the coffee caramel creme brulee for me. Dude. Hands down. We killed it at the desserts. Yeah. Good job to both of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super awesome. Um, highly, highly recommend. I am two for two with these damn creme brulee recipes, but yeah. the New York Times vanilla bean and the Epicurious coffee caramel creme brulee are both fantastico. Nice. Yeah. Maybe you could do more with your... Like you could make even more flavors. I would love to taste more. Oh, I want to. Yeah. This is going to be like my specialty since I can actually, it's a dessert I can actually eat without a lot of flour in it or any. It's very exciting. Yes. Yeah, so exciting. Oh, also shout out to mom for making the pork. The pork roast was very good. It had a nice crust oh, yeah, on the outside. Good. Yeah. Oh my God. We also had squash. We had but what, butternut squash. Oh, the squash was good. Yeah. yeah. She put a bunch of black pepper and sage on it and I really liked it. I thought it was nice. Yeah, it was great. It was perfectly baked. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Mother, for adding to the Thanksgiving meal. Thank you, Mother. <laughs> the children were pleased. The children were pleased, Mother. <laughs> All right, quiz corner? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, this is kind of a special um, Thanksgiving-themed quiz corner Ooh. where I am going to... Quiz you about um, Thanksgiving movies, kind of like everyone's favorite. You know, wait, there are yearly tradition. Obviously, is to watch Thanksgiving movies. Karen, yes, okay, yep. I so mm -hmm. <clears throat> let's get right into it. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. <clears throat> Number one, planes, trains, Eli Roth. Oh, sorry, that's the only Thanksgiving. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Yes. Eli Roth's 2023 horror film Thanksgiving purportedly featured a cat that turned in such a good performance that the director nicknamed him what? Mm. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Thanksgiving was a horror movie that came out this year. It's kind of like a, a little bit campy, over-the-top, hyper-corey <laughs> horror movie. That the I tagline of which will never watch is That's not my jam. Oh yeah, what's the tagline? <laughs> I am going to watch it though. The tagline I just absolutely love. It's really, really good. Mm. Probably better than the movie is going to be. The tagline is "There will be no leftovers." <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's movie magic right. right there. I love That's that. That's delightful. 
Okay, sorry. Uh, from the top. Eli Roth's 2023 horror film Thanksgiving purportedly featured a cat that turned in such a good performance that the director named him what? A. Leonardo DiCaprio. B. Al Pacino. C. Alfred Meowlina. D. Ra-Pert Denier Meow. Or E. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> who is just a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. Do you need to hear any of those again? I would love to hear all those again, yeah. Okay, A, Leonardo DiCaprio, Mm -hmm. B, Al Pacino, C, Alfred Meowlina, D, Rapert, Denier Meow, or (laughs) E, Hugh Jackman. (laughs) I'm going to go with Al Pacino. Oh, that's such a good guess, and it's probably the best one that I made up, but actually it was Leonardo DiCaprio. Dang, Al Pacino is better. This is why I always get thrown off. (sighs) All right. I mean, maybe someone pitched him Al Pacino, but he was the director and he was like, no. Yeah. Maybe that was already taken by an even better cat actor. (laughs) I'm pretty partial to the golden age of cinema. Yeah, 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 you're right. (laughs) It would have been infringing on there. Yeah. IP. Alfred Molina. Yeah, that's a good one. I guess I just. uh, Molina is pretty good. Molina, yeah. I know Alfred Molina is a good actor. I just haven't seen him in anything except for like that Spider Man movie, so. That's all you need to see. I, he was great in that. <laughs> it was great, yeah. yeah. Okay, question number two. Which of the following films is not included in Harper Bazaar's bizarrely useless list of the 60 Thanksgiving movies to put you in the holiday spirit? 60? This is essentially what I based the entirety of this quiz on. It is a list of 60 movies. So few of them are even tangentially related to Thanksgiving Wow. Uh, they just like mention rolls at some point, bread rolls or like the criteria turkey. to be, yeah, to be included in this list is so incredibly thin. Interesting. So what was which the of these is not included in their list, Harbor Bazaar's list of 60 Thanksgiving movies to put you in the holiday spirit. Okay. A, Denis Villeneuve's punishingly grim child abduction thriller Prisoners. Whoa. B, Adam's Family Values. C, Rocky, Uh D, Miracle on 34th Street, or E, Shawshank Redemption. Which of those is not included in their Thanksgiving movie list? Oh my gosh. Meaning four of them are. Four of them are. That One of them was not. Okay. You gotta uh, list them again. Sure. Prisoners. Mm -hmm. Danny Villeneuve's Punishingly Grim Child Abduction Thriller, which I have seen. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, B, Adam's Family Values, C, Rocky, mm-hmm. D, Miracle on 34th Street, or E, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, I know Adam's Family Values isn't in there because they have the amazing Thanksgiving Day play where... Uh, there you go. What's her name? Lights yeah. everything on fire, and it's iconic. That's a Thanksgiving movie. Uh, gosh, I feel like Shawshank could be in there. I'm going to go with Prisoners. Prisoners can't be on there, right? It is, of course in there it oh, is to... the reason for the season it's the reason the family Shut is together up. when the child gets abducted adam's family on there rocky on there miracle on 34th street on there because apparently it starts <laughs> at thanksgiving or some bullshit Dude, that's cheating <laughs> shawshank redemption however did not make the cut Man. even though at some point they might have said the word turkey i don't know Man, I, yeah i was like did they have a thanksgiving meal in prison it seems like something they would have done in shawshank but you could picture it, couldn't you? Yeah, I could. 
They're just like sneaking a little yeah. Thanksgiving meal, cobbling it together, having it in their little cell to create community. Gosh, I'm s- <laughs> I know it's beautiful. it's beautiful. I'm so good at creating false answers to questions I invent to trick you that you would have no real idea of how to answer in the first place. I'm so good at that. You're honestly incredible at it. Like, I don't know Thank how you, you can parlay this into any type of career at all whatsoever. Can't have tried. <laughs> Recruiter told me to F off. <laughs> told me to leave her alone. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, apparently, I guess I very, very vaguely remember this because I watched Rocky in the last few months, but they're like, Rocky and Adrian's first date is like on Thanksgiving, basically. Hmm. That's weird. Also Anywhere. weird that I have never seen Rocky. So, oh, there's that. <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't until I watched it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Question number three. Probably the best sounding entry from that list of 60 movies is the 2015 made for lifetime TV movie, Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow, which stars Mary Steenburgen. Virgin? Virgin? Mary Steenburgen? Virgin? Mm-hmm. I believe. Which stars Mary Steenburgen, yeah, you're right, of course, and is narrated by whom? So who narrated the 2015 made-for-lifetime TV movie Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow, which does feature some fairly horrifying Muppet turkeys, at least (laughs) judging by the cover? Sure. Was the narrator A, goddamn Joe Pesci? Whoa. Was it B, no way, rapper Ludacris? (laughs) Was it C, is that... Is that Jean-Claude Van Damme? (laughs) Was it D, holy shit, it's Lady Gaga. Or E, wow, Helen Mirren, Helen fucking Mirren. (laughs) Only one of these is correct? Only, I'm so sorry that only one of these is correct. Oh my gosh, but all your voice acting was so great. It really threw me off. Okay, wait, what year was this movie made? Did you already say that? 2015. 2015. And I could, I could... Briefly breeze through the options again without all of the emoting, even though it was really good acting. Sure. Okay, let's do that. Okay, goddamn Joe Pesci, no way, rapper Ludacris. Is that <laughs> is that Jean-Claude Van Damme? Holy shit, it's Lady Gaga. Wow, Helen Mirren, Helen fucking Mirren. Helen fucking Mirren? Dude, don't you wish, though? Uh, that, how is that not was right? It Ludacris. No way. No effing <laughs> way. Ludacris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ludacris. How do I not know about this? How have I not seen it? Can I actually go Dude, back in time and questions. watch this movie this Thanksgiving? Because I don't want to wait another year. God, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Ludicrous? I know. Damn, Ludicrous. that's cool. The Muppets are so Christopher cool. Christopher Bridges. Yeah, they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty rad. Yeah. Okay, I'm <clears> O <throat> for him. however many this time. Yeah, you're sucking shit at this one, but it's okay. <laughs> We're having fun. This is what the holidays are about. It's just having fun. Yes, yes, yes. Which of the, number four, question number four, which of the following films from the list received the worst critical reviews on both Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic? A, The Blind Side starring Sandra Bullock. B, Son-in-Law starring Polly Shore. C, Sweet November. <laughs> C, Sweet November starring Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves. Do you actually remember Son-in-Law? Because I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I think if I watched it again, it would all come flooding back to me. Yeah. I think probably too yeah yeah i think it's buried deep down in my in my core cpu at some some level yeah it's right up there with um the caveman one um oh yeah encino man encino man yeah like that I know one those I are just swimming around well. in my head yeah every detail okay yeah um <clears throat> sorry blindside sandra bullock d son-in-law Polly shore c sweet november starring charlie's throne and keanu reeves d four brothers starring mark Wahlberg, terrence howard and andre 3000 hmm. from outcast mm-hmm. 
those are your four options. If you would like, I do have two hints, which are um, snippets of critical reviews from yes. publications. Yes. So these okay. are all on the Thanksgiving holiday list, but these this is they're the all on the list when it was reviewed. But we're looking most unfavorably. Okay. Yeah. Agreed on between Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic had a has a shockingly low, um, mm-hmm. yeah, critical review rating. Perfect. The first hint from the Washington Post: shamelessly manipulative in a crude, bullying way. Mm. Okay. Would you like the second hint? Yes, please. I need all the help I can get. They give the worst performance in blank, but they're the best thing about it. From the Dallas Observer. Is it son-in-law? <laughs> Don't you think it would be? <laughs> but actually, this person's referring to Keanu Reeves in Sweet November, which oh. is about, I believe, Charlize Theron's character dying of cancer or something. And it is much yeah. revived. Okay. I don't think I've seen any movie on this list, actually. So, well, except for Son-in-Law, obviously. So, yeah, that was yeah. a tough one. I have seen, I have seen Four Brothers mm-hmm. um, when I was probably 12 or something. Yeah. And I liked it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sweet November. Boy, why did critics hate Keanu Reeves so much? I'm so glad that his career has outlasted all these hacks. <laughs> it's nice, yeah, because he's a solid guy. Yeah. You know, I, like I can't necessarily guy. defend his acting and everything, but <laughs> I still like seeing him in things for some reason. Me too. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. With the John Wick stuff, he obviously really found his shtick. I feel like he found his place. Good for him. And he's great in the Matrix. Anyway. <laughs> Question number five. What is the name of Polly Shore's character in the Thanksgiving classic Son-in-Law? Mm. Is it A, Spleech? <laughs> is it B, Gizo? Is it C, Bungler? Is it D, Crawl? Or is it E, Spud? Crawl? No, that's his friend. Yeah. Is no, shut the fuck up. It is Crawl. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Yes, yes. I knew it was Crawl. I only said Crawl. I didn't second guess myself. <laughs> you're one for five i think we just yelled so loud it's not good for podcasting oops sorry but it was so exciting oh my god i can't believe you pulled that out you're right you do remember a lot about that movie i do i did feel like was are any of those others actually pulled from the movie whereas one of them like his friend no okay i might have accidentally done it but i made them all up i think he totally could have sure sounds like speech was a (laughs) yeah spud spud does sound right yeah oh that was great I'm so glad my brain had that fact in it somewhere deep in its recesses. Uh, Yeah, incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Question number six. You're on a hot streak. (laughs) She's heating up. (laughs) The 2005 film The Weatherman, in which Nicolas Cage plays a middle-aged TV weatherman addled by family dysfunction and ennui, I have seen this movie, by the way, features a prominent cameo by which Macy's Day Parade balloon character? Mm. A, Pikachu. B, Dora the Explorer. C, SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm going to do all of it in a Boston accent now. <laughs> D, Wicked. healthy Mr. Potato Head, in which Mr. Potato Head is wearing sneakers, a green hat, a watch, and holding a water bottle. Or E, Hannibal Lecter in mask and straight jacket so he doesn't bite anyone's face off. Get the hell out of town. There ain't no way that's a fucking <laughs> parade balloon. <laughs> but I do wish it was. Um... Academy Award winning character. <laughs> okay. Wow, sorry. I just totally uh, lost the thread on that you question. Hear, you want to hear those again? Yes, please. Okay. It was a lot. That was a lot of information. Weatherman. This is a balloon Good that sword. actually appears in the parade. Okay. Yeah. Got it. 
in the movie, not just in the parade, it has like a prominent place in the movie in sort of a surreal, semi-symbolic way, if I remember correctly. Okay, I also is have it never Pikachu? Seen okay, Dora the Explorer, SpongeBob SquarePants, Healthy Mr. Potato Head, or Hannibal Lecter. Healthy Mr. Potato Head. That's so oddly specific. I know, isn't it? That's because I pulled it from the Macy's Day Parade wiki. God damn it! You're too good when at I this. Was, Tony. When I was when I was looking up the balloons, it was indeed SpongeBob SquarePants. It's like you know exactly how my brain works, and it's. I'm starting to not like it. We've been having fun this whole time, but you're too on the nose. <laughs> We're very much alike, you and I, Karen. All right, I can stop. tell what you're thinking. <laughs> Which one is it? What's the answer? Yes. It's SpongeBob. No. Yeah. That really? Sorry. How could yeah. that have any significant whatever? I don't want to know. I don't care about that movie. I'll never watch it. <laughs> I saw it so long ago. I think it was kind of okay. Yeah. Um, question number seven and the final one. Ooh, you know what? I need to do just a little bit of prep here. Okay. I'm going to share a thing with you. <laughs> Wonderful. Beforehand. I'm sorry. I'm going to share some images with you. Don't open them yet. Okay. Wait until after the question. Okay. Is that, is that Turtz back there? Oh, did you hear her come through her swing Salone cat door? <laughs> oh, is that what that was? It sounded like she was sawing a tiny log with one of those two, <laughs> two-handed two like band saws, you know, that you pull back and forth. You know. Yeah, of course, like she does. Like if you're a 30s logger. <laughs> okay. Number seven. Since debuting as a Macy's balloon in the late 80s, Ronald McDonald. Since debuting as a Macy's balloon in the late 80s, Ronald McDonald has had many iterations, each one a vision of horror on par with Pennywise the Clown. But based on the images I found on the Macy's Parade wiki, which of the following is the most disturbing? Whoa. Okay. I am going to read you the options. You are going to guess. Then you are going to take a look at the folder I sent you, which includes these images, and decide for yourself if you agree with me. Okay. okay. Is the most horrifying vision of Mr. McDonald A, Ronald donning ice skates, whose blades may as well be stained red with human blood? Oh, okay. Is it B, Ronald holding a trio of balloons with back bent over in a horrifyingly contorted perversion of the human form? <laughs> Is it C, Ronald wearing a dapper red suit jacket and the blank inhuman stare of a creature who has never known empathy? Is it D, Ronald clutching a heart to his chest, which despite being a cartoon shape, can't help but evoke images of him pulling it still beating from the chest of another balloon? Perhaps Curious George, whose inquisitive nature has finally led to his demise. No, George. Oh, oh boy, okay. I... Um, the red suit sticks out to me as somewhat terrifying. Pretty freaky, huh? Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I think, but I'd like you to open up mm -hmm. that folder now. Look what? at the four images and tell me which one you think. What folder? Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, I sent it to you in Drive. So which one do I think is the scariest? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if these are in the correct order. Oh, shoot. No preview available. Why do I have to download them? <gasps> I'm sorry. Oh, no. We might have to cut this. <laughs> Unless I can somehow make it entertaining in oh, the next okay. second or two. Here we go. So I've got I've got Ronald McDonald on ice skates wearing like a, a scarf that looks like a cucumber around his neck. Um, oh, yeah. I hadn't even noticed that. It's not super scary. I would say his eye makeup is a little scary, but, oh, that's just his eye makeup normally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, the balloon one, where he's bending over, like his feet are Yikes. bent over above his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty terrifying. Don't like that one. Uh, the heart one, also a little scary. He is bending in an odd and bit. inhuman way. <laughs> and then the red suit one. I guess he's just always wearing the red suit. He does have kind of a dead-eyed look in his face. But I think I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Yeah. He arguably looks less murderous in that one, though. At least he's not, like, holding a scary prop or, like, bent in a natural angle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna Do you have an answer for me, Karen? The balloon one is pretty terrifying. Bam, baby, that's what I said. Yes. It's so scary. Yeah, I don't I don't like what's happening there. It it's also like so his head is closest to the ground and his feet are like way up above his body and it just looks like he's like gonna dive towards someone or something and like rip it off. Yeah, the earth. he looks like he's coming for you. Yeah. He's definitely gonna like Yeah. He's like a bird of prey up there. <laughs> And so maybe it's, you know, a particularly unflattering angle, but I would still argue that he is frightening at least a little bit in all these images. 100%. It's actually incredible that he has remained the mascot of McDonald's for as long as he has. Yeah, I guess clowns just didn't used to be scary, and that's huh. That's just it. We just have to live with that fact. It doesn't seem possible, but it does not seem they possible. didn't used to be scary. Wow. Yeah, Don't... we did that with, you know, it and stuff like that. Yeah guess so is that all well, wow. thanks for playing karen two for seven that was it <laughs> i'm proud of those two though <laughs> crawl yeah, really I solid will... <laughs> can i get a little trophy that just says like crawl on it or like <laughs> yeah. some, some sort of trophy about my son-in-law knowledge that would be great I, it is gonna be Polly shore standing like the american gothic people that's what like the cover is right he's like oh, holding yeah, a pitchfork or some shit right. yeah it's gonna be that bronzed it's gonna have crawl underneath it and it's gonna say something i don't know that's all i ever wanted <laughs> cool oh man good times and i am so glad that i figured out how to plug in my computer charger without um unplugging everything and without disrupting this podcast because my computer was very close to going dead <laughs> Wow, you did that really smoothly. Thank you, thank you, until I just told everyone about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Wow, you didn't even like squeeze Lisa Turtle to get some like cover sound while you were doing it either. <laughs> nope. I think nice. it may have made a small like boop, like charging, but hopefully nobody heard it. I don't know. We'll see. We certainly didn't. Excellent. Well, Karen, that's a wrap on another year's Porksgiving. What a great Porksgiving. It really was great. It was a good time, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's all I got. Huh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> starting and ending, the two hardest moments in a podcast. So freaking difficult. Never does get easier. Well, we'll see you next week, month, or year, my little piglets. Karen and Tony signing off from Podcastville. America. Oh, are you done now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to cut it right then. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Chewing, Chewing sounds. sounds.